Ready for some great news during the holidays? Just last week, interest rates fell lower than they've been in months. <gasps> this could be your chance to finally pay off all of your high interest rate credit cards and lower your monthly payments by $500, $600, $700, $800 a month. But how much can you save? It's free to find out right now at SaveWithConrad.com. And you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And you even get to skip your next two house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. How's it going, everyone? It's time for Strictly Business with Eric Bischoff. Another edition of it headed your way, courtesy of the ad-free shows and podcast heat networks. I am John Alba, and as I am every single week, I am joined by the man of the hour this week on location, Mr. Eric Bischoff. How are we, my friend? I am doing great. We're here in uh, Clearwater, Florida, and with my son, our son, our daughter-in-law, and our grandson, Waylon, just having an absolute blast with him. It's so amazing. You know, we always talk about, everybody says it, you know, time flies. Well, when you have a grandson that you only get to see a couple times a year, it puts time flying into a whole new context. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. But anyway, hey, I, I let you know before we got started, my batteries are really running low. I'm not sure I'm going to make it through a whole episode. Maybe, okay. maybe not. Let's jump right into it, brother. What do All you right. Got well, today? well, I don't want to waste any more time then. We got a bunch of fans on ad-free shows joining us. Happy holidays to all you guys who are tuning in. Eric. Merry last... Christmas. Oh, that, that, was, that was fairly. Or happy Hanukkah, as the case may be. Whatever it is. That's very jolly of you. I like to hear that. I'm a jolly um... brother. <laughs> Eric, last year. We did our bold predictions for 2023. Remember, you are you are Mr. Nostradamus here, right? Like you you love to remind everyone. That's that. Nostradamus to you, but yes, that's right. Well, I wanted to take a look back at those picks today and make our bold predictions for 2024 because we are just around the corner to that. And uh, I'll tell you what, Eric, I went back and I looked at what you had to say. And some things were awesome. You were dead on and other things, not so much. So let's, let's run through what your picks were last year. And I'll mention mine as well. Uh, your number five, you said CM Punk leaves AW without a contract buyout. Not too shabby. I was with you on the record on I'm, that. I'm, uh, I'm, the, I'm that guy. I, I'm <laughs> that guy. Did you envision him getting fired? Uh, I don't think I thought through it. <clears throat> I just knew it wasn't going to work. It was an untenable situation from the get-go, and it was not getting better. It was getting worse on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So, I, you know, I don't think it was that much of a, you know, great prediction because, to me, it was so obvious. Well, as we know, he is over on the WWE side right now uh, being a featured member of the Monday Night Raw television program, which uh, takes me to your next one. You said Fox or NBC will get all of WWE's TV rights. That one, not looking so good. I mean, we do know NXT's going to the CW, but as far as Monday Night Raw goes, that is still technically up in the air. We know that SmackDown is going over to USA. 
Do you still feel there's any possibility that USA could walk away with both of those properties? Highly unlikely, but let's not call the patient dead until the time of death. So let's wait and see. Well, that's a morbid way of answering that question. What the fuck? <laughs> Where did that come from? I must I must have fallen asleep watching a medical drama last night or something. You're full of them today, man. You're full of them. Well, on, on the inverse of that, you said that you saw AEW renewing with Warner Brothers Discovery. Yeah, I'm surprised that hasn't happened. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about that, providing my battery holds up. And you know what I'll do? If, I, if it crashes, I'll come back on my phone. Yeah, you can come back on your phone. We'll make it happen. I'll try to make that work. But yeah, yeah. Um, it should have happened. I think if business was as good as, you know, the surrogates like Shitstain, Dave Meltzer, and the rest of the internet wrestling community that is so in love with AEW, um, despite the fact that, you know, we've been hearing for two years now that, you know, Meltzer anticipated doubling or tripling their license fees because he was comparing wrestling ratings to hockey ratings and extrapolating a number, just proves without any further discussion what a complete moron Dave Meltzer is and how little knowledge and understanding he really has of the business. He only knows what he read last or what somebody told him last. He has no real experience. So even though that information that people share with him might be interesting data points or an interesting observation, Dave Meltzer has no way to interpret it and apply it because he has no experience in anything other than writing a shit sheet. So I, I think all of the rah-rah AEWs, they're worth billions of dollars because they're media rights and sports. We heard, I mean, you and I argued about it. We didn't argue. You agreed, but you hated hearing me point it out. What? It's, what do you mean? <laughs> See, you're well, playing into the narrative. No, you're you just, you, you know, I know it's uncomfortable. You don't like uncomfortable conversation. I get that. A lot of people don't. My daughter's the same way. Right. My son doesn't. He just prefers not to be around it. I, on the other hand, absorb that shit. Right. I, I wallow in it. But, yeah, um, I'm surprised it should have been done. And the fact that it's not been done, I think, is a, more of a clear indicator about the tentative situation at AEW and Warner Brothers Discovery, despite all the, oh, we have a really good relationship and we're friends and they're so excited about us. And they did press releases talking about us. It all comes down to math. Your number two was that Vincent Kennedy McMahon. This is a good one. Hindsight. Ready? Vincent Kennedy McMahon will fight his urge to fight for his spot at the top of WWE and return to power and decide that it's best for business not for him to return. That was right, huh? Uh, I, I wouldn't say so. What do you mean you wouldn't say so? What's What's he doing right now? He returned to power and facilities. He doesn't have any power. Who's who's put, running wait, the company? What? Who's Eric, running the company? Eric, what? Nick Khan and Triple H are running his, that company. He forced his way into a board takeover in order to sell the company. Yeah, and what's he doing now? He maintained the executive chair power at the top of it. Which means nothing. It's a figurehead position. He's he's much like Ted Turner. Eric, was. come yeah. on. You can't no, round him out into him. this. Look, he, he fought his way back. He returned yes. to power, and now he's gone. Here you go. I was right. He's out, he's out of the creative power, but he very much is on 
the the board still he's the executive chair of the company it's he's a figurehead it's a ceremonial position it was a nice thing okay. to do for the for vince mcmahon on his way out the door it was nicer than kicking him out of the building and not giving him a key code to get in he's have you read a press release lately from the desk of vince mcmahon or speaking for wwe or tko no you haven't because there hasn't been one right but your prediction was that he wouldn't come back in the first place period and he very much did Did we get specific did we did we nail that down or are we talking about the end result because if you if you're gonna nitpick <laughs> all right i'll give you that one <laughs> I can, only fight, I can only fight so hard. You if are I had more battery, I'd fight harder. But <laughs> you are a professional bullshitter at the highest regard, man. It is unbelievable. <laughs> that is that is that is good. That is good. We got pirates trolling Eric with the W on that one. Okay, sure. <laughs> and uh, your number one, this one I got to hand it to you, man. I mean, you nailed it. NXT will outperform AW Dynamite in 2023. Yeah, and several times. I think that makes up for the one. I'm gonna, uh, yeah, we're gonna split the difference on the Vince McMahon prediction. I'm not gonna call it a W. I'm not gonna call it an L. I'm gonna call it a neutral. Okay. But given that NXT, because I'm, I can create the scoring system. Right, of course, yeah, of course. We do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blast. Do it. If you don't have a podcast, get one because you could do whatever ridiculous <laughs> shit you want, and no one can fire you for it. It's awesome. But the fact that NXT beat AEW so many times in 2023, I predicted once. I didn't expect it to be, you know, week after week after. Well, I it wasn't week. It was two or three times, whatever. You are on a roll today. We're going to call him Eric Gaslighting Bischoff for this week's episode. Hey, what does gaslighting mean? I don't even know. I hear that all the time. I don't even know what the fuck does that mean. What does that mean? So gaslighting is exactly what you just tried to do with Vince McMahon, where you you were like, no, I, I meant it as in this. This this is what happened. So even though we are well aware of the events that actually occurred, you try to convince someone that it happened a way in which they don't remember. That's what gaslighting Well, is. Dale Carnegie wrote a book back in the 30s called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I read that book when I was 14 fucking years old. You call it gaslighting. I call it persuasive conversation. <laughs> See, like you trying to tell me that NXT beat AEW week after week after week after week. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, I don't remember that happening. That would be gaslighting. Okay. I just call it bullshitting, but whatever. Uh, of course. Of course. I'll never be woke. I will never be woke. <laughs> I don't think that has anything to do with being woke. I think that's just uh, the, the term for it today. No, because um, woke motherfuckers gaslight people all the time. That's why. Oh, I'm that's using. what it is. Okay. I, I had a few predictions of my own. A couple of these came true. A, a couple we still don't even know about, truthfully. Uh, I had said that WWE and New Japan were going to have a working relationship. That did not come to fruition. If you remember, there were a lot of rumors about that at the beginning of this year that they might get into business yeah, and by the way who cares on that shit who freaking cares working relationship and new japan pro wrestling god bless them they're great they you know they've got their fan base they have their their little business it is a pimple on a pig's ass in scheme of in the in the big scheme of things in terms of it being a legitimate media live event touring promoter like it used to be it's not that anymore. It's an indie fed. Well, I looked at it. I looked at it more as WWE trying to get into Japan and open NXT Japan down there at some point. Like that's what I figured that would try to lead to inways on that. Uh, I said that Roman Reigns would transition to a part-time wrestler. 
uh, as we know, that did come to fruition. You and I both kind of thought he'd be headed to Hollywood this year, but unless he's filmed some secret projects, plus we had a giant uh, writer strike, an actor strike, so that did not come to fruition. Yeah, and I think I think your prediction is right. I think uh, we're going to give it a pass because mm -hmm. of the strike. So let's add another six months or so into the equation and see where we're at. You know, starting in July. Or or June or July, because if, if, if that's true, I think you should get a win for 2023. Yeah. Uh, we, I said punk would leave AW as well with you. Is it Cody Rhodes would become WWE's top baby face since John Cena. What do you think about that? Do you think that's how things played out this year? You know, it's so interesting. Um, I, I would say yes, barely. And only because there's so much other good stuff going on. I, I think LA night, the emergence of LA night as a, 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 a legitimate star that forced his way into the picture and the reaction from the audience is was so undeniable that he literally forced his way into the top of the card and i think that took a lot of attention you know uh not off of cody but you could only spread the love so why trust me I'm uh, sure if i you know go back in my 20s and 30s oh my god but you you gotta kind of focus. You get you gotta you, you've if you're gonna take somebody and turn them into a John Cena or a Stone Cold Steve Austin or whoever at any point in time was the face of the company, Hulk Hogan. That's a lot of focus and attention and time, much like they put in the Roman Reigns, much like they put into John Cena. Part of being the face of the company has nothing to do with what you do in the ring. Mm -hmm. So much of the time and the effort and the energy and the work and the sweat and the grind is in all the things happen that happen away from the venue, away from the arena. And I, they haven't put that into Cody quite yet, but I, I do expect, I, first of all, I think he's the top baby, baby face of the company, but I'm biased. I'll call it. Secondly, I do suspect WrestleMania is going to be his moment. Okay. So we're a year late on it, but it's going to happen. We feel, we feel good about that. Can I, can I, can we throw a flag because of the writer's strike? Nah, fuck, it didn't have anything to do with it. Never. <laughs> and my number one was that MJF would cement a new contract with AEW, which truthfully may have even happened last year, and we just didn't know about it. But I do think you think you think there's a possibility that this is all just a part of a work? In what sense that he hasn't signed, or that he is? Yeah, I mean, he, he, from what I've heard, he said he hasn't signed anything yet. Yeah, he said that. I mean, I don't believe that at all. I think he's absolutely under a contract right now. And what makes you say that? Um. Well, I can tell you that I personally pinged a couple people in WWE to gauge interest, and I believe Sean Ross Sapp did a thing on this on his Fightful show too, where he mentioned it. Uh, and there just hasn't been any outward interest from them because they don't believe that he's actually a free agent and if, if that's the case then there's no smoke really there plus they haven't leaned into that at all with the storytelling on awtv when for so long it was part of it which tells me that he's probably signed up as a baby face going forward with right. the company on an extension just well, i have no i have no i just wish to do the best yeah. happy hanukkah mjf I, I wish him the best. I think he's a great talent. I love hanging out with him. I've only hung out with him a couple times for brief periods of time, but he's got a good energy. You know, you can just tell. Yeah. I hate to use the term vibe because it's so overused, right? It's, it's so it's, woke, right? 
Well, he did warn us that his computer was probably going to die, and it did. And now we are 24 hours later picking up with our re-recording of Strictly Business. But Eric, it's it's good to see you back there from Mrs. B's computer. So shout out to her for making this happen here. Um, you were talking about MJF and and your assessment of him as a as a human being. What what are some of your thoughts on that? Well, I don't I don't like I don't want to. I, I, assess him as a human being i don't know him that well but just the little bit i've been around him um communicated with him very 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 briefly um social media and so forth um i just get the impression he's a very grounded person i know we see the character mjf but i i, I just i get a vibe from him and, it, and it's a good vibe so i i whatever's going on i hope it ends up well for mjf well, he's in the Iron Claw movie that just came out, and I would imagine Hollywood will certainly be in his future. Have you had a chance to see Iron Claw? Or do you plan on seeing Iron Claw? It's taken all the headlines. I, I, right I will see it at some point. Um, I haven't yet, but uh, probably after the holidays is when we get caught up on, on, on things like that. But uh, yeah, I'm sure I will. Yeah, critical acclaim so far for that. Really excited to see what comes out. You know, it's funny, Eric. Yesterday, as we recorded the beginning of this, we talked about my New Japan prediction and New Japan working with WWE and having a working relationship to maybe build towards something with NXT. Well, today, as we record, All Japan Pro Wrestling announced a working relationship with WWE NXT, where they're going to have an NXT talent come in for the beginning of January, and that could lead to some more things down the line. You have any thoughts on that? That's kind of interesting, isn't it? A little bit of, a little bit of, chess going on there so yeah let's uh I, I'm, I'm sure this will result in AEW having a working relationship whatever that means um with new japan because it's yeah i get it fun love it well they already have the forbidden door stuff and we did find out hiroshi tanahashi actually who is essentially the john cena of new japan is now their president we found that out yesterday as well after we recorded so a lot of things going on over on that front okay i want to get into our bold predictions for 2024 do you want let's before we do eric any wagers on the line here or are we just no i'm I just i am so done like i'm right all the time the only time i'm wrong the only time that my my average gets down to like mid to low 80s is when i make a bet so no more bets no more bets no more bets. No more bets. I'm done with it. I'm tired of it. No. <laughs> By the way, guys, Eric is on his uh, computer microphone because he wasn't able to transition that stuff over technologically. So if that's why it sounds a little different than our... We have a high-tech redneck. That's right. High-tech redneck. Okay, Eric. Let's get to your number five bold prediction for 2024 for the business of the business. What do you got for us? Man, honest to God, I hadn't even thought about this. So I'm I'm winging this. What's my number five? My number five. What is the least significant prediction that I can make out of five significant predictions? Hopefully not to have an adverse impact on my overall successful prediction rating average. Because I will hold these against you. Make no I know you will. That. I know you will. That's that's why I have to be so careful. Okay, number five, the least significant. Um, I think we'll see. Far fewer talent transitions between 
television companies in 2024. You saw a lot of them. They were high impact, big names, a lot of surprises. I think we'll see half as many. I don't know how many we had in 2023, but we'll have half as many in 2024. Half being qualified, by the way, not just anybody. I'm talking about people that have wrestled at least, oh, 18 times over the course of 12 months. Okay. You'll see fewer of those people making transitions from one company to another. Why do you think that? Because I think that, I think the high profile, absolutely meaningful players, I think we've gone through that market. I think it'll be a while before that market sees expiration dates that makes it, well, it creates a situation where you see as much velocity as we have. In, in 2023, in terms of the just number of people that were able to jump ship, I think the contract situation is probably such that we won't see a lot of open-ended contract opportunities um, for another couple of years. Hmm, interesting. I, I, I've got some thoughts on that I'll get to later on in this podcast as it pertains to free agents. Do you think that the TV rights deals that end up getting done, could that have any effect on free agent pursuals so i have to make sure i understand your question um so i think you're asking me is there anybody out there that could be a free agent in 2024 that could impact television rights renewals more, more uh, so, not not so much that more so say hypothetically speaking aw didn't end up back with wbd and ended up with someone totally else would that affect their ability in your opinion to go after a high price free agent that's more my question of course okay of course i mean yeah that would that, that definitely because if you're if you're a top if you're a top prospect in the nfl if you're coming out of college and you're a top prospect uh, or you've been drafted you, would you rather play for the xfl I mean, would you rather go to Canada play for the Canadian Football League? That doesn't make sense to me. Maybe. I don't can't imagine it though. Okay. I was just curious on that. Uh my number five, Eric. I think you'll like this one. I've got Lex Luger headline in the WWE Hall of Fame class. I think with Triple H now being the guy who's leading the way on that stuff, you're gonna see a lot of people who may have been shunned by Vince McMahon in recent years and uh, maybe some more international talent who had a cup of coffee in WWE or WCW start to get that recognition. From. Who, do you, who, do you, who do you think may have been shunned by Vince? Hmm. China. China is one of them. Uh, you know, there was a long time where. I'm not touching that one, by the way. Yeah, so. I'm just saying, I'm speaking bluntly. Uh, I, I think she is one of them that was. Um, for a long time, we know there was uh, a whole dispute with Macho Man that eventually ended up being. You so, so you don't think the previous relationship between China and, and Triple H and the drama that was related to their relationship and split up and, and enter Stephanie McMahon, you don't think that that has something to do um, with it? Well, China did eventually get inducted as part of DX. So something was smoothed over on that front, or at least bygones were to be bygones. Uh, so, well, so let me dig into that more, because I just need to understand some of these comments. So if it was smoothed over before, what would suggest that there was shunning going on after she's already been inducted once? Well, I'm saying as an individual performer. 
Uh, I think people read way too much into yeah, that. Yeah, you think so? Yes. I don't think there's any shunning going on. That's my. That's why I wanted to dig okay. into this. I think, look, there's, first of all, it's subjective, number one. But to the, it, in some things just don't make sense to others when they're subjective. It doesn't matter. It is what it is. Everybody's eventually that, that deserves to get in will probably get in at some point. But I just don't, to suggest that Vince McMahon shunned China, I think is, that's kind of, that's a bad take. I mean, perhaps shunned is not the word. Perhaps maybe it's more just shied away from. Um, but China's the micro example here. What I'm saying is I expect you to see more people like Lex Luger, who, if I'm not mistaken, didn't exactly have the best fallout with Vince McMahon upon leaving for WCW. and what? But again, here we go. That's just such an assumption. Do you, we don't know why Lex hasn't been inducted yet. We just it don't, we don't know why. Innuendo. That's all. Oh, it's rumor and innuendo. Let's be clear about that. It's rumor and innuendo. We don't. I don't know that that's true, by the way. Okay, and it might not be. I still think that there's going to be more international presence in the Hall Perhaps. of Fame. That I would make sense, wouldn't it? That would make a lot of sense. I if you want to expand your business internationally, how better way of doing that than, than to acknowledge some really significant international superstars? I guess my point that I'm trying to make here is I think we're going to see a very different approach to the Hall of Fame than we have in years past. And my particular guess this year is that Lex Luger is one of the headliners for that. I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Man, he's he is such a good example of what can be. And you talk about a guy that's overcome and, and, and just has been challenged in every way. Most of us can only try to imagine and then to come out as positive and, and productive because he's a very inspirational person. Uh, I, th I think that is Hall of Fame worthy in my book any day of the week. 100%. He was a big star too, man. He was a real big star back in the day. And so many. He's a bigger star now to me. He's a much yeah. bigger star. Yeah. He, you know, like so many, you know, top talents in, in any business, you know, music, wrestling, acting, whatever, ballet, opera. You know, to, when you have that limelight, you know, that, that puts you on the map and, and, and makes people know who you are and what you do for a living. That's a phenomenal accomplishment and sense of accomplishment. But to be able to achieve that and then find the bottom, find the bottom so well that you can describe it in graphic detail and then come back up in, in the way that someone like Lex has and others have in life. I Those, those, those people deserve a special amount. He's a very inspirational story, triumphing in the face of tragedy. I've met him a couple of times. I don't know him like you do, but I found him to be nothing but super pleasant, and I wish nothing but the best for him. I'd love to see him get that acknowledgement. All right, Eric, what is your next bold prediction? The holidays are here, and with the New Year's resolutions right around the corner, maybe time to think about mental health as we head into 2024. Are you feeling in a rut or maybe distracted? Many people these days are questioning whether you could have ADHD or wondering, well, listen, Everyone a little ADHD? If you find yourself thinking along these lines, you can't get out of your way, well, maybe it's time to finally talk to a life coach. And you can meet fellow ad-free show supporter and wrestling fan Steve from DamnHealthyDose.com. Steve is a certified ADHD life coach, and getting you unstuck is kind of what he does. 
Working together, his job is to help you come up with strategies and provide you with the tools you need to set you on the way. It is so important to prioritize your mental health and your physical health, and Steve wants to help you do that. You know that Eric Bischoff is on the record as advocating for health coaching and life coaching, and Steve is one of the guys who's going to help you get there to a good spot. To learn more, visit Damn Healthy Dose, that's D-A-M-N, healthydose.com or email steve s-t-e-e-v at damnhealthydose.com for a free 30-minute consultation mention strictly business and steve will provide you with the first two sessions for absolutely freaking free to see if life coaching is a fit for you don't wait if you're feeling stuck visit damnhealthydose.com this is going to be number four yes um I think AEW will end up being forced to or coming to the realization that they need to drop at least one of their shows. Okay. So between Collision, Dynamite, and Rampage, one of them you see? I I, I see one of them going away. Okay. Now, that's assuming that they stay at Warner Brothers Discovery. All bets are off if they end up getting bounced from Warner Brothers Discovery. What's your thought process behind the contraction of a program here? Uh, I think people are going to realize is that the resources, and I'm not talking about financial resources, because Tony has an unlimited amount of that. That's not the issue. Money is not the issue here. The issue is focus, vision, and and discipline and creative. Um, and it's in, a, in a certain degree, they're all kind of really related, uh, just different components of the same real core challenge. But I think that, um, I hope that, let's put it this way. I hope that AEW remains on Warner Brothers Discovery, but that there is a realignment of priorities and resources. And again, not financial necessarily, but creative, um, human um, leadership, you know, more resources in those areas. And in and, and the process, probably get a much, much better product. It, it is a, a really interesting conundrum in, in one regard, as far as I see it, because on one hand, you have all three shows as a chance to showcase this crazy roster that you have. There's so many talent there, and three shows allow you to get all these different people on it. But what is the interest? Are people flocking to the Saturday night show at the rate in which they were hoping they would? Are people investing in Rampage at 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock rather on a Friday night what they were hoping for? Are those results that are being produced befitting of what Warner Brothers Discovery is looking for? The Dynamite rating this week, Eric, I I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but the quarter hours too. Uh, The Show started at 9.64, and then by the end of it, for John Moxley versus Jay White, they ended at 7.09. They had a five-minute overrun where it bounced up just a little bit. But we're talking a pretty significant drop there between the start of the show and the end of it. And I don't think any of us really know what Warner Brothers Discovery's true expectations are for this show at this juncture, especially as we go into this renewal season. Looking for a great Mother's Day or Father's Day gift idea? I was, and I found it at Paint Your Life. With Paint Your Life, you'll get a hand-painted portrait created to fit almost any budget, and it's a great gift idea for your mother, your father, or both. You say Paint Your Life transforms your photos into a -a one-of-a-kind, beautiful, hand-painted portrait created by professional artists. You upload anything you can imagine. You can even combine photos. 
You'll pick the artist, the medium. You can even customize the frame and you can receive your painting in as little as two weeks. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at painterlife.com. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right. 20% off and free shipping to get this special offer. Just text the word weeks to 87204. That's weeks to 87204. Text weeks to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Well, again, th there's there's a lot of variables within that comment. Sure. Expectations are you want the show to at least pay for itself, mm -hmm. right? You want to see some indication of potential future growth. That's pretty much it. I don't know what other expectations someone could have. If you're an executive, if you're a programming executive and you, your job is to make sure that your programming, your schedule is as efficient and profitable as, as, as it can be. Just like if you were running an assembly line for General Motors, right? If you're a plant manager, efficiency, profit. So you look at the efficiency of, of that time slot. Let's say it's a Saturday night time slot. It's really not that efficient of a time slot anyway, right? You're not selling out a lot of Saturday night. Usually that inventory is, well, this is what it used to be, okay? Perhaps things are different now. I have to acknowledge that because it's it's been a minute since I've, since I've been in this world. But unless it's changed significantly, Saturday night is a great night to find inventory that you can, if you're a network, let's say for, let's say you're Turner Network Tele or your TBS, Turner Broadcasting, and you sold John Alba two at one advertisement, one commercial, and you guaranteed, because this is what happens, you guaranteed John Alba, I guaranteed John Alba that I was going to get at least 100,000 viewers for that ad. So John could then look at his computer and go, okay, well, if I can get 100,000 viewers and I know I can convert 3% because that's the average direct response, I know I can convert somehow or monetize 3% out of that 100 if my demos are right, uh, is that worth it to me? And there's a formula that would suggest it either did or, or would or wouldn't, right? But let's say I sold John Alba that $100,000 viewer guarantee and whoops, Come Friday morning, afternoon, I found out I only delivered 50000 Shit, what am I going to do? Am I going to give John half of his advertising dollar back? Or am I going to do what's called a make good? Mm -hmm. Self-explanatory. And where will I do that make good? Because I don't want to put it in my primetime beachfront property that sells out or maybe sells out or has a higher dollar value 
than what I originally sold on Saturday. It has a higher rate card is what it's called. It has a higher rate card in prime time on say a Tuesday or a Wednesday or Thursday than it does on Saturday. So I don't want to give them the beachfront property, but I want to give them something similar. So I'm just going to go from this little suburb over to this little suburb. And I'll give them a make good on Saturday night because I've got a lot of inventory I can't sell on Saturday nights. Nobody's interested in buying it, but people still watch it. So I'll do make goods. All right. That's what a Saturday night, at least it used to be from an advertising perspective and probably to a degree what it still is today. I shudder to think what a John Albert demo is like, as you mentioned that. But you, but, I mean, you got my point, though, right? <laughs> I your point Yes. So, so yeah. when, when, when you talk about shows like Dynamite and Rampage and Collision or Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, you look at the, the quality of the commercials, right? Does the, this is, you know, I talk about seeing patterns and dots and I start connecting dots in ways that most people that talk about wrestling don't when it comes to the business of the wrestling business, because that's how my mind works. I, 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 I notice things. I see patterns in people and in situations and in execution. And by kind of looking at those patterns and thinking about them, you can develop kind of an idea of where something's going, whether it's going well or not going well. So when you look at specifically a Monday Night Raw or an AEW Dynamite, look at the quality of the commercials. Do the commercials generally fit the demo? If they do, that suggests that somebody is selling that programming against those advertisers. Those advertisers generally want to be in those shows and they're not make goods. On the other hand, if you look at another show, and you watch the whole show and you go, wow, this is weird. These demos are all, these ads and their demo, their target demos, they're all over the place. Yeah. Those are make goods. So you've got to look at the quality of the advertising and try to determine whether they're buys or make goods. That will indicate to you the health of a show, the profitability of a show on a network or the break even point. Look for sponsorships, you know, regular. 13-week, six-week, eight-week consistent sponsorships within the show. Those indicate that advertising is the network advertising is actually out there selling that inventory as opposed to using it as a make good. So all of those are just little indicators. I'm sorry, I went off into the weeds. No, that's that's some of the best perspective you've given here. That's that's great perspective because I think that does translate largely still to what we see. I don't think that's antiquated for the most part. And I, I think that's something to look out for when you're watching Dynamite next time or you're watching Rampage next time or Collision next time. Keep an eye out for something like that. It's, it's interesting to think about. I want to stay on this AW Warner Brothers Discovery stuff. Hey, this edition of Strictly Business is presented to you by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex, gents. Remember the days when you're always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed as part of your holiday season's greetings. Listen up, head on over to BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is so simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com and consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the farm Blue Chew's tablets are made in the United States of America and prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. There is no better way to show that 
special someone in your life that you care about them by popping a blue chew this holiday season. It's a gift to yourself. Why not be kind to yourself? All you got to do is head on over to bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. We got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code WrestleBiz at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Promo code WrestleBiz to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring Strictly Business. My number four is that I believe AEW will renew with Warner Brothers Discovery. Hmm. There's, a, there's a trickle effect that I will get into in a little bit here. But I believe that they will eventually renew. When that comes, I don't know. But I do think it will happen at some point this year. Why? So that's interesting. But tell me why. Well, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But I think that WWE will ultimately end up elsewhere. And I'll get into that in just a little bit. Because I think that that will have a trickle-down effect. I think the NBA rights still are ultimately going to be first and foremost priority for Warner Brothers Discovery, no matter how valuable WWE is. And it is. It's very valuable. It's not as valuable as the NBA for them. And I think that the precedence will be put on that. And as a result of that, WWE will go elsewhere. And AEW will... So you're suggesting that WBD will then take on the NBA rights and then they'll be... They'll be, uh, they'll be over budget for WWE. So it's it's binary. It's one or the other, right? In your opinion, I I more or less view it through that lens that they will ultimately go more in on the NBA than they initially revealed that they would, and that more or less retain what they currently have. I feel, and as a result, they will stick with the current product that they have. With so oh, interesting, mm -hmm. not going to argue it. Could happen. There's a lot. There's about a million things that could happen. Really. Um, and anybody that's trying to predict or sound like they know is kidding themselves. But we can all speculate based on sure. instincts. And, you know, you've got your ear to the ground in the world of sports. You're a big-time New York sports guy now. You know shit the rest of us don't know. So you can hedge your bets. Well, on top of that, <laughs> on top, I'm not betting anything. On top of that, Eric, we did hear this week. And it was funny because last week we did a stellar episode last week, by the way, guys, if you haven't checked that episode out, go ahead into the archives where we looked at the prospect of WWE going to Warner Brothers Discovery. But we did hear this week that Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount had conversations about a potential acquisition. And you and I had discussed last week about the idea of Zaslav acquiring more properties, selling. There were all these different multitude of possibilities that could fall under that WBD brand. A move like that would be really significant in the media industry. Uh, Paramount is bleeding money, even more so than Warner Brothers Discovery right now. And based on the report from Axios, it seems like Warner Brothers Discovery would be the one more or less leading the acquisition. And who knows what the trickle-down effect of that could be if that were to come to fruition. Is it, isn't that an upside-down kind of a... Well, I guess I don't know enough about it to, to, make, to have a strong opinion, but... It seems like Paramount would be eating Warner Brothers, not vice versa, just based on their footprint. Right. The scope of business, right? And granted, there's a lot of, you know, Paramount's involved in the movie business. Warner Brothers Discovery is not. Well, no, Warner Brothers Discovery is. Now, yeah. it's Warner Brothers. Man. Yeah. That's I got to learn more about that. That's a fascinating prospect, and who knows? Now, if that happens, I, 
I don't know, man. What the the, the implications that could have are so broad Mass. Mass. that it's hard to sit here and go, oh yeah, but this could happen because mm -hmm. that's like whoa. It's huge. Well, just think about the media consolidation that would come from that, Eric. Uh, just on the surface level, even you've got Max and Paramount, the streaming networks. You'd have to imagine that those would be consolidated. You have CBS News, which is a division of Paramount, a massive institution in its own right, plus CNN and Warner Brothers Discovery. Who knows what type of consolidation you could see on that front? Then you have all the individual properties that fall underneath that. It would be a massive earth shattering uh, merger if something like that were to happen. And as far as places for people to go and properties to go, you, you lose a lot of options in something like that. So who knows? You know, it, it, it's so interesting. People are talking about this and it, look, it happens in every business. And I, I think that's not to get political, but this is kind of a, uh, this shouldn't be a partisan issue or discussion at all. Because what we've been seeing over the last 20, 30, or more years, really, is this, you know, they call it vertical integration. Because that just sounds palatable. It sounds smart. <laughs> right. It sounds strategic. It also could be called monopolization. Mm -hmm. Because as vertical integration becomes more and more a, a dominant part of the landscape, you see fewer and fewer independent anything, independent beer brewers, independent anything, because everything is getting eaten up. Beer is a perfect example. You know, if you if you go back to 2000, I don't know what the dates are. I'm not a beer expert. But in the early 2000s, when craft beers were really becoming a thing, you know, Sam Adams started it off, I believe, and it kind of worked its way west. And laws all of a sudden started changing in, in, in states. And all of a sudden, the craft beer business, local craft beer business, was eating up somewhere around 5 or 6%. This was the last time I looked at it. 5 or 6% of the overall beverage beer beverage business. Well, once that happened, once these individual brewers all over the country Small ones, big ones. I've been to breweries in, in Wyoming that are out up against a mountain in a barn. These are really, really cool breweries, right? But in aggregate, they ate up enough of the consumer beer market that big beer companies like, you know, Anheuser-Busch or whoever in, owns it now, InBev or Molson Coors, because everything, there is no American breweries anymore. They're all owned by foreign companies, right? Because of vertical integration. But as all of these microbrews and craft beer business started eating away at the national, you know, retail consumption averages, what did the big breweries do? They went out and gobbled them all up. They bought them all. So there's the, the local independent brewer that was the three guys that you went to college with that pulled all their money and because they loved beer and they created their own little spot and one of them turned into a cook and it started becoming really successful. Oh, and they franchised another one down the street or down across town. Those are gone now. There's some new ones starting up and they're all hoping to get eaten up. But that the heyday is over. And I just think vertical integration, especially in media, is really dangerous. Very really dangerous. And I'm, I'm not happy about it. Man. I want choice. I, the, the Department of Justice used to have very stringent rules about mergers 
right, in acquisitions to protect the population, the culture, the society, the economic structure of, 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 of our country, to protect it from too many monopolies so we don't get dependent on one or two or only three sources for food or medicine or whatever, batteries for your cars. But here we are, and the DOG just, DOJ just keeps letting this stuff happen. And if this Paramount uh, WBD merger goes through, you might as well eliminate monopoly laws yeah. from from the books. It's scary. It's ridiculous. It's scary because then you're talking about jobs. You're talking about consumer options. You're talking about so much. I we're talking about pricing. You're talking about pricing. You, I got one, you, you got one major company having right. control of the pricing in the market of sixty or seventy percent of the market share, or whatever it is. I saw a great tweet. It was like. Hulu, Disney Plus, Netflix, Paramount Plus have all decided to come under together as one integrated model referred to as cable. And I was like, here we are. Back to stage one, Eric. Isn't that funny? Full circle yeah. shit. I love it. Yeah. I'll, it's I'll called it unintended hard. consequences. It's what happens when people don't look three or four or five or ten years into the future. It's easy to make short-term decisions. Oh, wow, if we merge with this company, we're going to be huge. we got this synergy. Blah, 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 blah. You can, you know, talk your way into just about anything if you're really, really good at talking yourself into shit. And it starts off great, but there's always unintended consequences. And again, I'm going to go back to this, man. Look at the AOL Time Warner Turner merger. What has gone down in, in most business history books as the worst media merger in the history of media mergers, although Paramount and WBD may be knocking on the door if that actually happens. But that whole thing, and I was there for it, brother. I had a front row seat. I literally was standing in a room four feet away from Gerald Levin as he was standing next to Ted Turner talking about how wonderful the merger is going to be between Time Warner and Turner because you have the, the solid foundation and this blue-collar, blue-chip entity called Warner Brothers or Time Warner at the time. And then you have the entrepreneurial spirit of the Turner organization. And we're going to bring these two companies together. And combined, we're going to be the most powerful media platform in the world. And we're all going, yeah. Five years later, AOL's disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> it's freaking gone. CNN is an embarrassment. It's a, it, it's a, it, it's a punchline. And when it, when it comes to media and news, I mean, it's just whatever. It's amazing. But we don't learn. We just, let's do it again. We can't let's see if this it. Paramount thing will work with WBD because all these mergers are working so great. Yeah. Now you're right, man. You're absolutely right. It's scary. It's scary to think about. All right. What is your number three, Eric? I don't know, man. I don't have a number three. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll, I'll I'll pitch one and and you tell me what you think of it. All right? Yeah. I got Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks returning to WWE this year. I think I'll buy that. I think she. I'll buy that. I think she will be the biggest free agent on the market this year. And there had been reports of her going to AEW to do some stuff there. We know she did some stuff with New Japan. It was an ugly exit for her from WWE, but now that Paul Levesque's in charge, I foresee her returning. And the speculation is that she's going to receive a major, major, major money contract. 
Charlotte Flair reportedly just resigned for the biggest contract that a woman has ever received in WWE history. I could very well see Sasha Banks coming pretty damn close to that. What do you think? Uh, I agree. You know, it's hard for me to put a, a, a valuation on it, but yeah. obviously major player. Let's just really be honest. God, this is going to sound, uh, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Because when you analyze stuff, you have to look at both sides. You can't analyze things from from only one perspective. I tend to look at things analytically, or I try. So if I'm Sasha Banks, here's what I'm excited about. Or Mercedes Monet, either one. Equally as exciting for both. Because she's got a great relationship. She has an established market value. There's anticipation. She's obviously got a fan base. Oh, and Charlotte's down for a while. Hmm, that creates, I don't know, what's it called? Oh, opportunity. You've got all that over here on this side of the equation. And guess what? You don't have any leverage. Because nobody in their right mind thinks for a moment you're going to jump on what appears to be. And it may not be. But the perception is... Today, if if Mercedes Monet, Sasha Banks, at all, that's lawyer talk, folks, at all. If either one or both of them decided they wanted to make a move to AEW currently, does that make any sense at all? I I I, I think not. <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, she's getting the leverage, and, and and if and if Sasha Banks wants Mercedes wants to just go do her thing somewhere and ride it out at at, uh, at AEW until whatever happens happens, be a part of a big resurgence perhaps, or be on the ship when it goes down. That would be a really bad choice, and she's got too much. There's too much money on the table, and she's too smart, and she's surrounded by smart people to make not smart decisions well you know wrestling's a lot more fluid these days when it comes to contracts and aw specifically has shown that it's willing to bring people in on per appearance deals or short-term deals they've done that with several people will osprey before they were able to sign him to a full-time deal you know okada's come in from new japan on per appearance deals and i would imagine that Mercedes Monet, when they were first talking to her, it was something similar to that because she made it clear she still wanted to do a lot of international work. But I just I don't see it happening anymore. I think she's by SummerSlam. Honestly, I'll go even more bold. I'll, I'll give you a timeline. I'll say by SummerSlam, we see her back in WWE, if not sooner. I really do believe that she's a big time star, Eric. I, I, I would suggest sooner. Yeah, maybe because, because of the Charlotte scenario. Yeah. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful has reported that Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch are both free agents this year, two top players in their own right. And WWE is going to be in a situation now, Eric, where they got to lock up all these big names. And there's no reason not to because WWE has the financial ability and equity to be able to do that. And these people are worth that investment. They're bringing the money back. It's, it's not like they're not. These are your franchise players, your Seth Rollins, your Becky Lynch's, your Drew McIntyre's, your Sasha Banks, Cody Rhodes even. There's a report this week from Fightful that says that WWE is trying to lock him up on a long-term extension right now and not even tempting to let him uh, hit the market at any point or sniff the market. So I think we're going to see this, Eric, throughout 2024 where WWE will double down big financially on retaining all of their top stars. I disagree. Really? 
I, I, I look, said I, earlier I, that you don't see people jumping. I'm sorry. You just said earlier in this podcast you don't see people jumping. Yeah, but not for the reason you just suggested. Okay. Not because WWE is willing to back up the brake truck and start unloading shit with a shovel, but because there's just no, look nobody in their right mind thinks that AEW is an option for anybody at the Seth Rollins level. You, it's not the same thing. You know, I'm a friend with with Adam Copeland. I like Adam a lot. Adam, he just you know, this character lived its life in WWE and it was time for him to move on. And he got himself into a great situation, probably is making a ton of money and he's having fun doing what he wants to do. That's not the same as Seth Rollins, who is still relatively, he's probably mid-career. And are you going to look at possibly sniffing over here at AEW or you think anybody really believes you are or even if you are pretending to be interested that you'd actually make a decision to jump into a scenario that is as precarious as it appears to be right now nobody's gonna do that so i think all of these people now look unless something happens and the wbd thing turns around and you know AEW is actually in a much better position business-wise structurally with 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 wbd and has a bigger budget then sure i could see that i don't think that's going to happen and as a result i don't think that a lot of the perceived le leverage that existed a year or two ago perhaps is going to exist in 24 and 25. and that's even with you saying earlier that tony khan has unlimited funds to pump into this you don't yeah, because it's, it, because unli nothing's unlimited there's a limit to everything, to how much someone's willing to lose or embarrassment they're willing to sustain. There is a limit. But if you're a top talent mid-career, or perhaps in your mind at least, you're not even at your midpoint yet, where do you want to perform? Do you want to perform on something that looks like it may be limping along on some obscure streaming platform a year or two from now? Or do you want to perform in front of thousands and thousands of people every time you step into a ring and 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 be able to perform at the highest levels with some of the greatest talent in the world that's how a talent would think most of them oh we will find out i think sasha is going to be the leader in the clubhouse honestly for top free agents coming in there's some other names out there julia from new japan who wwe is expected to make a significant offer towards and obviously you know they'll be in on seth rollins and becky lynch becky lynch is putting out a book this year by the way eric i know you're well, a big I'm big yeah. i like becky i don't know her really well i say i like her i just you know i, I just get vibes to you know you, you can sometimes you can just feel the energy of someone and you, you can almost feel their character in a way um, I always got great vibes around her. She just always struck me when I was in WWE for a minute. Anytime I was around her, I just, she just felt like a very comfortable person and comfortable with herself, secure in herself. Um, and, and she was enjoying herself and I like being around people like that. So I hope she writes a book and I'll read it. Can't wait for that. Very excited. She's one of my favorite talent ever so she will no doubt have some great things to say all right i'll go to my next one here eric here we go let's let's have some back and forth again these are bold predictions wwe ops for a streaming service for the monday night raw broadcast rights specifically i will say amazon 
That one's out of my pay grade, to be honest, because I just don't know enough about the business model and, and what it has to offer beyond the obvious. I, I can't say I disagree and I, I can't say that that'll never happen. I, I would lean the other way, but not by much. Um, I, I think linear television still has a place in the business model. And I just don't see it happening in 2024. But not by much, brother. You could be right about that one. I think the real question is not a matter of if it's a matter of when. Is it this TV cycle or is it the next TV cycle? That's how I look at it, at least. Amazon is balls to the wall with getting in on live sports. And again, depending on what lens you view pro wrestling through, we know it's not apples to apples. But I do think on the surface level, the fact that we know they're going to be in on this in the first place shows that they very much view WWE as a property that they could market along those lines and distribute effectively and efficiently. And I really feel like WWE, Eric, has historically, especially as far as distribution, tried to be very much at the forefront of doing something different. We know they did it with the WWE Network. They really stepped outside of things with the Fox broadcast deal and going to the actual Fox national channel there with that. And I very much think that Amazon prime specifically, not Apple TV, but Amazon prime uh, is going to be the Avenue where they feel that they are going to be able to lead the charge on within the industry. And for that reason, I think they make the pivot there. All right. Well, let's keep an eye on that one. Cause it's interesting as hell. Do you still feel as confident as you did last week that WWE ultimately ends up with Warner Bros. Discovery for Raw? Because you went out of your way at the end of last week's episode to suggest that you see that getting to the finish line. With the Paramount thing, that, that throws... It, I, I don't know if that makes my position stronger or weaker, to be honest. There's just so much I don't know about what that potential merger could mean to even take a stab at that one. Um, I, I would say though, if I had to make it, had to make a choice right now, I'm probably less convinced because this is a big variable. And anytime you have a big variable, it's better to step back and hold your bets. I would definitely agree on that front. I'm curious, Eric, if they did make this pivot to a streaming service, what kind of effect that would have in terms of carryover? Would the TV audience follow them in full? I feel like that's a variable we don't really know much about. We've talked about in the past year as far as football and how they had a drop-off of about 6, 7 million viewers when they went from Thursday nights on television to Amazon specifically for Thursday night football. Will wrestling fans make a transition like that? Let me posit a thought. Let's hear it. Has anybody ever said to you, let me posit a thought? No. Fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, say that one more time. What I just said? Yeah. Okay. When we talked about it as far as football is concerned, we saw there's a drop off of about six, seven million from when Thursday night football went from television. Okay. All right. That's that's what I want to hit. So 
I, number one, I don't know, but here's what I'm about to posit. I am 98% sure that there has been research conducted over the course of the last 10 or 15 years and updated that could tell you probably within five or 10% what percentage of an audience is willing and will make a jump from one network to another. And I'm positive Fox of that. I guarantee you in the analysis, somebody in the research department says, well, let's go back and take a look at what happened anytime WWE left USA for TNN, for example, or Spike TV. Let's look at what happens when a, a, a program, a, a wrestling program changes from one platform to another. Well, I would say WWE. There's a number there. Whether it's being bumped to another night because of conflicting content, you know, sports, for example, and now you move to another network. There is data that will indicate, not tell you exactly, but will indicate to you, or at least give you a, a level of confidence that you'll probably be able to drag 80% of your audience to your new platform. Because there's somewhere there's sitting research that will indicate just how loyal wrestling fans are compared to other forms of programming. They will find you. They will follow you. Sure. I mean, I've known it anecdotally, right? Just from watching and seeing and, again, patterns and observing. Oh, wow. Is it going to change a, you know, a, a network night? Oh, it's going to be horrible. Well, it really wasn't. Because the audience is so loyal, they will find you. You got to promote it. You got to talk about it. But I, I, my gut is that if if this actually happens at some point, and I think it probably will. In fact, I know it will. It's just when, as you pointed out. Um, I bet you eighty percent of the audience transitions within the first week, and the rest of them will pick it up soon. Sure, but the difference potentially, because we don't know what a package would look like, is that rather than just changing the channel you watch it on you could potentially have to be paying for an additional service just to watch the program uh how many another again research is wonderful shit if you can get good stuff but you have to wonder is there not research or if there isn't could you create research that could and would indicate to you what percentage of your audiences watches not only your show but shows on amazon prime i would imagine amazon has that data Sure. And if they don't have it, they can get it. Again, I just don't think that that's as risky as, as the headlines or some of the media would make it. It might not be. If they make that move, I promise you, even though I have no reason for doing so, because I don't know what that process would actually look like, but I can't imagine, given my limited view into corporate acquisitions, that there's not somebody that's doing the math because it's always about the math and the math is too easily accessible. Okay. I'm going to give you my number one, but I really want you to come up with a bold prediction here after, to go after, because I have to have something to hold you accountable for, for the entirety of 2024. Okay. Mm. My number one, this is bold. Stephanie McMahon returns as WWE executive chair while Vince McMahon 
finally officially retires for good. <sighs> Spicy. Palace intrigue, if you will. One of your favorites. Why? I was really taken aback by the report a couple weeks ago that Stephanie McMahon was at a WWE TV taping. And you always talk about connecting dots. It's certainly possible that she could have just been there for the sake of being there to say hi to people. Sure. But we like making bold predictions here. Perhaps she was just there surveying the scene a little bit. Getting an eye for things. You just said earlier in this podcast that Vince McMahon, he's the executive chair position for him. It's it's only a position that exists so they didn't have to kick him to the curb and not give him the key codes. We know that Stephanie McMahon was highly respected within the company. Nick Khan has said as much on the record, unprompted, multiple times in interviews. I think as WWE moves forward, expands their content distribution, their global footprint, Stephanie McMahon is someone that they will want to bring back into the fold. And now that some of the spicier stuff has settled down a little bit with the acquisition and the merger, I see an avenue in which something like that could happen. It's just a bold pick. It's a bold prediction. I don't know. I mean, you don't have to agree. That's that's, that's assuming that there's some kind of tension between Stephanie and her dad. But even if there's not, even if there's not, I still think... Why Why wouldn't she be doing it right now? Why wouldn't she be there right now? Maybe she just wanted to take some time away. All right. I can't comment on that one because I, I can't see that one way or the other. Um, I don't know. I'll give you that one, so I'll hold you accountable. So you want you want me to make one bold? One bold. One real big bold prediction here. You are Nostra freaking Damas. I'm not putting your hair on the line. Nothing. Hmm. One big one. One big one. That will hang over your head just as this will hang over mine for the rest of the year. MGF makes an appearance in WWE before the end of 2024. Wow. What happens on January 1st when his contract extension with AEW is announced? We'll find out. <laughs> and I'll and, and and I will hold I will hold my position on that. Yeah. Because a lot can happen between January 1st and the end of 2024. Could you see MJF being pushed right away to the moon as like top, top guy in WWE? I, I can't only because that's just not usually. Now, Cody was an exception, obviously. Cody was WWE first, and, and everybody there was very, very familiar with Cody. Um, MJF being a, a, a new personality, new individual, do I see them putting that much horsepower in someone they hadn't really worked with previously? I really don't. Important, yes. To the moon, to the top, no. Not 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 right away. Because we've seen, even though she's been on the bench for a little bit right now as they're gearing her up, but Jade Cargill came in and they made her feel very important right out of the gate. Oh, they can make him feel important, but that's not the same thing as wrestling in a main event at a Royal Rumble or at a uh, WrestleMania or, or any other pay-per-view. Okay, so you've got MJF showing up on the Making an appearance in WWE before the end of 2024. Okay. Could nail it, man. We'll see. 
You know, he calls you Uncle Eric. Well, we have that relationship. <laughs> okay, man. I, I dig it. Look, it'd be an amazing get for WWE. He's a tremendous, tremendous talent. Extremely versatile. We'll see what happens with him and what his contract deal. I think we'll know sooner than later, truth be told, on what his contract situation is with AEW. And he is set to main event, World's End, on Long Island, December 30th. His hometown should be a hell of a sight there as all those MJF fanatics are going nuts for him as their world champion in the main event at home. It's a real home court advantage, Eric. Hey, man, I hope that your holidays are great. I know it's something you really value being with your family, and I hope that it's an awesome, awesome time with them in Clearwater. Has the weather been good at least down there? It's beautiful. This morning, I, I pulled this green tag off my wrist because I noticed while I was scratching my head or something that I had my green tag on. We took Waylon to uh, like a, it's like a petting farm, but it's like a really big farm. It took like an hour and a half to get through it all. And they had all kinds of animals. You could feed the goats, feed the pigs, feed the chickens and ride a pony. I didn't ride the pony, but I did feed the chickens and I fed the goats because <laughs> I had a blast doing it. And it was so much fun, man. The weather's great. I'm having so much fun with Waylon and, and obviously our son Garrett and Mary Jane. Our daughter Montana's here. So we're all here and we're digging the hell out of Florida. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. I think that might be your next wager. Eric Bischoff rides a pony. Yeah, that ain't happen. I would not do that to a pony. I got to run. I've got yeah, family to spend time with. Merry Christmas, John. Merry Christmas to everybody listening to this. Happy Hanukkah, whatever the case may be, or whatever you celebrate. But uh, thank you for, for being here, and I can't wait to be here next year. Absolutely, Eric. You go take care of your business. I'm going to tell everyone here at home, make sure you're heading on over to advertisewitheric.com. You get your business out in front of thousands of people every single week right here on Strictly Business. We'd love for you to be part of our team here in 2024. That does it for another edition of Strictly Business. We will see you next time. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.